Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you're here as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Today, I've got myself and Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. It's good to be back. Hey, Chris. Um, it is the beginning of the school year when this initially releases. And so I've got to ask the question, what's your favorite thing about the beginning of the school year? Wow, what a question. My favorite thing about the beginning of the school year. You know, I'm a person that just kind of, I enjoy change. So like, you know, just like the shift out of summer and into just the school year, the routine of it all, right? Um, I really enjoy that. Uh, I, I, I guess part of it's like a, it's a, it's a precursor to the change of weather as well. Yes. And, oh, so definitely. I, I look forward to that. Um, but, you know, as a, as a, as a teacher, um, as a, as a pastor of a, of a church who has a, you know, a, a Christian school, I, I really just love, I love seeing kids come back onto our campus. I really do. I mean, I've been doing this now. I've been blessed to do this for going on 10 years and I just over and over, it's just something I, I really enjoy seeing, you know, and, and so seeing kids in the hallway and uh, just coming through the doors from from their summer and being able to see them just kind of naturally group up and, and kind of reconnect. Uh, it's just a cool experience for me to watch. Well, here in Northwest Arkansas, you know, we are looking for that change of weather as well. It's been hot this summer. Uh, but for us, it's a big influx of University of Arkansas students. I think the estimates are yeah. between 27,000 and 30,000 for this year. Yeah, that's great. We had a few less than that come through our doors a few weeks ago. I would imagine so. <laughs> that's, now, a, that's crazy. 26 to 27,000? Yeah. Yeah. There is a mixed bag. As a longtime resident of the area, I think, oh, my life is so inconvenient because all these crazy students are back up here. The other side of it is I love it because that means Razorback football. That means excitement up in this area. And for like our Association of Baptist students on there on the campus, uh, just provides opportunities to share the gospel. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge mission field that's bigger than a lot of towns in Arkansas and a lot of towns across the country yep. um, with all those those students gathered. So, yep. You know, it's it's the fall. We're back to school. So there's a lot of things going on. And another place where there's a lot going on is Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College is our podcast partner, and we're just big fans. They are challenging, engaging, and inspiring. And if you have a student who's looking at going to college in the next few years, have them check it out at cbc.edu. Now, if your church is a part of the Baptist Missionary Association of America, any level, um, all you have to do is contact them and let them know that you're interested in the BMA Promise. And it's a way that they're helping students 
make sure that they get their college education and see them brought on to the CBC campus. And so right now, this is just for traditional students having had a talk with those people in their their offices just to make sure. And so if you have a student, have them check it out at cbc.edu. One of the things about college is dropping off your students. So many of my friends are at that age. They are, their kids have, have made it through high school and they go down. They set up these rooms that, I mean, compared to my dorm room back in the 1900s, um, it is the Taj Mahal. I mean, yeah. it is incredible. I'm yeah. looking, it looks like an episode of Home and Garden TV. So, <laughs> yeah. Dan, you know, it's interesting you say that, you know, the other day I was reading an article and, uh, and it mentioned in there the average cost that a student, really a family, a parent, whoever is, um, is spending on a dorm room. Yeah, do you, you want to take a guess at what the average cost of setting up a dorm room is? I saw a number and it, I can't remember it all though. It was like in the thousands or something. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, according to this article that I read, that the average cost is somewhere around fourteen hundred dollars. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, so now that's still way too much money. So. Yeah, well, I mean, if that's the average, you know, I mean, we know that people are spending bukus of money just to make these dorm rooms that they're going to eventually just move right out of in the next year. Uh, it's just crazy. I'm all for, you know, setting up shop and all that kind of thing, but yeah, that's certainly part of our, uh, part of our college culture around here, isn't it? Well, at the U of A, there was something else that I found out. I was reading an article and it talked about, and I, maybe I got my numbers mixed up on which one the cost was for. Uh, but all of these, Girls who are wanting to be a part of sorority on university campuses are hiring sorority pledge consultants for <laughs> thousands of dollars. And so, again, that just seems crazy. But again, you know, we went to Central Baptist College. They didn't have any of that stuff. Oh, man. I know it's a big deal out there in the world. Well, yeah. parents have to drop off their students. And that's a big thing. It's emotional for the first one. The second one, you got parents driving home from wherever they dropped off their their child going, yes, finally, we get a night alone by ourselves. And that's our house now. Both kids are gone. They're out of the house. And so we have the dogs and it's a lot of Claude. Stop it. Leave it alone. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> and, and then just take it out. But now there is another drop off mentality that we want to address today. And it's a drop-off mentality when it comes to our student ministry. Student ministry is, is well, it's a crazy thing. We know that. We're in it. You guys are in it that are listening. Um, but there are a lot of different approaches. You may have a church that's just full of church kids. That the parents are totally integrated into the congregation. They're there when the doors are open and they send their kid over to you during that time. But there's another group that has some smaller groups within it and they're just dropping off their kid. Um, they're dropping off their kid as they have youth group and that's it. And so describe that a little bit for us, Chris. What's this drop off thing look like? Yeah, you know, I think as soon as we say that word, uh, if you've been in youth ministry for any amount of time, you you know exactly kind of what we're talking about already. But I think it is good, like you just did, to make a distinction between what is good and what is not so good. 
Um, you know, what we're not talking about is, is just the fact that, you know, kids are driving around the building and, uh, or excuse me, uh, parents are driving around the building and just kind of dropping their kid off at your building or in your location or something like that. Uh, it's a little bit deeper than that, but, you know, culture can simply be defined as a way of life for a group of people, you know, and that way of life is often made up of certain beliefs and values and, uh, and interest and things like that. And, and so when we talk about a, a drop-off culture, uh, we are talking about something that's a little bit more serious than just the fact that, you know, parents uh, are giving their underage kids rides to church. Um, what we're talking about is a, um, a kind of an embedded thought process or belief, or even if we want to call it a value that some parents have when it comes to the role of the church within the life of, of their of their student, of their teenager. And, and of course, this mentality can probably very simply be just described as this parent is seeing the church as uh, maybe the primary disciple maker of their kid. And so therefore, on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night, you know, we're going to just go and we're going to drop them off for a little while. We're going to expect the church to do their thing and do their job. And then I'm going to pick them back up. And if I do that enough times, it's going to be, you know, like an easy bake oven. Uh, my, my kid's going to come out and and be uh, all nice and and moral and and good and maybe even a better citizen and that sort of thing. You know, of course, I'm, I'm describing it in one way, but I don't know, Dan, what do you think? Is that, is that uh, maybe a good description or would you? No, think I think that that's a great description. And I think that that drop off culture has been amplified by the way we handle so many things with our, our children and with our students. Uh, we go to school. Well, we don't walk them in. We don't sometimes don't connect at all, even on a you know high school or middle school level. Um, it is you drive, you toss them out the door and you say, get educated. Yeah. I mean, and that's the mentality and, and you have different levels of involvement, but those parents are like, okay, the, the school is in charge of my child's education or they drop them off when I'm teaching Taekwondo, they drop them off and say, well, they're responsible for their physical education, mm-hmm. um, and their fitness and their, you know, their success in this. And there are different, there are other parents though. Let's uh, so take this uh, Taekwondo example who will come in, they will watch and then they will say, okay, when we go home, we can do these things together. And, and so that, that uh, comparison doesn't play fully out with what we're talking about, but it does show the distinction. There are people who have been kind of given this idea that the church is just that place where your students, their students get um, their spiritual education, you know, that's probably the best description. But yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And, that, and that's, I think you're right. And that's that's kind of what we're talking about is like there's, if we want to use the word level or um, or just uh, there's different levels of involvement. That's what I'm getting right. at in terms right. of parents. I think that's a good way to think about it. But, I, you know, again, I go back to that use of word uh, of culture. Um mm. It is a matter of way of life. It's a matter of, of, of a belief that a parent or guardian has about about their student. And and you're right. This this drop off mentality isn't just something that we see at church. It's something that we see in all those other areas, especially like when it comes to school and that sort of thing. And maybe it's good for us to just say on the front end that we're not against mentorship. We're not against 
other people pouring into the life of of our kids or into other people, right? I mean, so there's you know there's a there's a reason why I would you know want to uh, go and get a personal trainer. <laughs> it's it's not so that they can lift the weights for me, but it's so that I can be taught how to lift the weights, right? Um, and, and the same kind of thing there. So that we're not talking that or saying that we're against that, but when it comes to our um, our ministries, when it comes to the church, what do we want parents ultimately to to believe about the role of the church in relation to their role as a parent? I think that's maybe a, a way that I would want to frame this. I don't know. There's different there's different reasons why parents I think would naturally just kind of drop their kid off. Uh, there's maybe different belief systems in there. Would you agree with that, Dan? Yes, I would. There's there's a lot of different mindsets when it comes to church. Um, some look at church and student ministry as just that thing that they'll do during those teenage years. They may have had that experience. I mean, we are now at that age where our parents have maybe experienced the student ministries of the 90s and the 2000s. And so some of that was all about activity, just getting involved and mm. staying out of trouble. And so that's just a continuation of, of that sort of mindset. And well, yeah. we'll, we'll do that and they can do that and they'll have a good time and they'll be safe. So it's, it becomes this culture. And so we want to look at that today. We want to think about that and just kind of deal with it because we love parents. Uh, we understand that student ministry to a large degree is family ministry. I mean, we're only going to have that student, especially if it's someone who's dropped off on a Wednesday night. You may have them one, maybe two hours total each week. Well, how many hours are in a week? I think there's like 187 or something. You know, there's at least 100. There's at least 100, yes. (laughs) And so one out of that amount of time isn't enough. And so for us to get the parents on board, for them to realize their responsibility and understand who they need to be for their child in the way of spiritual things, that's vital. And so we want to talk about the drop-off culture so that we can help parents move from where they're at to where uh, God's Word points them to. And so it's something we all have to deal with. So let's talk about it. Chris, I think yeah. we we talked about three different categories of kind of drop off parents. What's that look like? Yeah, you know, as I think about okay, just this kind of general question. Okay, why why do we have a drop off culture, or what are the reasons for one? There's a lot of things that we could say in answer to that question. You, you kind of already mentioned some some history, right? Uh, right. Maybe yeah. it's, you know. Back in the '90s, early 2000s, you know, youth ministry and even you know churches within particular in, in communities were seen differently than they are now. Um, it, it used to be a common, I think, expectation that okay, it's it's Sunday or it's Wednesday, um, everybody seemingly is going to church in small town America, you know, right. that sort of thing. And so, I, I think that certainly is a category there. But you know, I want to I want to think in terms of just simply the parent. What are some reasons? why parents would today kind of fall into this drop-off mentality. And, and that's where, you know, I want to just kind of give three that are on the, on my head right now. And then of course, as you're listening to this, uh, interact, let me know, or let us know if you, if you think these are, are good, if you agree with these, if you would add anything to them, you know, I don't, I don't want to act as if these are the only reasons, but these are just ones that I, I think I see, on a, on a regular basis. 
one of them is, or the first one is you just have parents who are disconnected. They're, they're disconnected from what's going on in the ministry, in the student ministry. Uh, but even bigger than that, they're just disconnected from the church. Maybe they're regular attenders, but they're not really connected. You know, maybe your church has small groups um, on, that meet on a regular basis and they're not they're not a part of that. Uh, maybe you've got, you know, maybe you've got different Bible studies that are happening on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning as well, Sunday school, but but they're not really connected to that either. They just kind of are the, the casual churchgoers and, and they're just disconnected. And so therefore on a Wednesday night when their kids want to come to youth group, uh, they're not against that. They So they just take them and, and they, they drop them off. And, and then they themselves go shopping at Walmart. They maybe go on a date night. Maybe they go back home. I've even had parents sit in the parking lot and what looks like to be watching Netflix, <laughs> just waiting, <laughs> waiting for the time to, to go to go by. So I think that's one reason why we see maybe some drop off is just they're just disconnected. What do you think, Dan? Well, disconnected can be all of those things. I think that it can go a little bit deeper, um, meaning that church, they may be a regular attender. They may be um, that kind of first level of involvement in the church themselves, or it may be somebody who isn't connected at all. They just know, okay, well, this is a good thing. Church was good when I was a teenager. So, okay, I'll take them and drop them off. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned the Netflix thing up. That's that's hilarious, but it's also true um, because you'll have parents who there's something else going on in the building. I mean, there is something for them. Yeah. And they're like, nah, I, I just don't want to do that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of comical, but it's also it's kind of maddening a little bit as well. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. what, what are we doing here? But yeah. And, you know, so I, as I think about that, OK, that. If that's a if that's a real reason, okay, parents are disconnected. I have to think from a youth pastor, family pastor, just a pastoral perspective, um, and even maybe just a church member perspective. Like, what are what are some ways that I can help um, fix that? You know, in other words, me going and banging on their window and saying "Get off your phone" um, <laughs> probably isn't the best approach. No, uh, probably not. But you know what what are what are some good approaches for helping? disconnected parents get better connected to the church? Well, I think that um, some of the basic things that we've talked about on this podcast before are a part of that. Um, Great communication is always needed. And so that means that you have to communicate with these parents. You have to be able to have a, a phone number, email, a way that they're going to always listen. If you think you can print out showing my age here, but print out the announcements and hand it to a student and expect that to get to their parents, you are sadly mistaken. Yeah. And so you want um, just great communication about what's happening, what's going on. Um, they will feel more engaged at that moment. Um, you may want to consider a parent meeting and encouraging that these parents show up for that night um, special invitation. I mean, call them up, send them a text, handwrite them a note um, to start feel, helping them feel connected to at least what's going on on Wednesday nights. Now, I think you mentioned it as as a church member. You know, you can, as the youth pastor, the youth ministry worker in your church, you can get others in the church involved to 
try to reach out to these families and to these parents. Say, hey, I know your kid's getting involved over here, but why don't you come to Bible study with me? Um, we'll just hang out for a little while together. And yeah. so those those type of connections and and being intentional in that process can help them move from a, being a disconnected parent to someone who's more involved with the church and maybe they just need Jesus and maybe that that'll help in that process of connecting them in a relationship with Christ. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point. You know, there there's all sorts of reasons why teens won't walk into a uh, or, or feel very uncomfortable walking into a youth room or a youth building. One of those main reasons that I've found is they don't like walking in by themselves. Yeah. You know, or, or, and, and if they are walking in by themselves, um, they, they don't like the, the idea of I'm not going to know anybody on the other side of those doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in other words, it's a matter of like, I don't want to be by myself. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to, I don't, I want to have. And so like we naturally crave some sort of connection and we need some sort of, uh, you know, that level of, of, of friendship where, you know, they're coming in. So I've always told parents before, like, Hey, if your teen is, is worried about, you know, just walking in by themselves, like we've got volunteers that are going to be welcoming them. We've got people there that are going to try to their best to make them feel welcome. But it's always helpful for them to maybe walk in with somebody they know. So, you know, either invite a friend, you know, to come with or schedule it out with another parent to say, hey, you know what, we're going to get here. So, so can, can our kids walk in together so they're not walking in by themselves? So I say that because I think it can carry over that same kind of fear can carry over to the adults. It you know, it, it very well could be that the adults say, well, I don't really know anybody in that class or in that study. You know, I don't really want to walk in and walk out by myself. I'm not really sure where I'm going to go. So, you know, again, when I say that parents are disconnected, I don't want to just be critical there and say uh, and tell them, hey, get off your phone and get connected. We need to kind of ask the question as a church and as as people who work in the church and are just are members of the church. Like, what can we do that would maybe um, help a person feel connected and, right, and even right. therefore get connected. It, it may be as simple as your building is really difficult to, to get into. Like they don't know where the entrance is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you're, you know, you go there daily or weekly and this person, they have, they don't know where to go. Uh, and, and once they do find the door, where do they go from there? So in other words, it might be just as simple as you need to put up some good signs uh, so that people don't get lost on their way. Um, because, if, if a person is not truly committed to finding where they're going, they might walk in the door, but if it gets too hard, they'll walk right back out and they'll, they'll go to Walmart or they'll go to Netflix, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you as, as an introvert myself, I have done that before. I've gone in, tried to figure out where I was going to go and thought, I can't, I, I don't, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it is it is uh, you know it's just it's just hard. So if you've got somebody there, so uh, student ministry worker, if you are working and trying to help these pastors, or I'm sorry, these these uh, parents feel more connected, um, get other adults involved, get those the other parents involved in this process, and help them find a place to fit. And then you know it's it's a couple of steps there from. You know, maybe a Wednesday night study, then they're coming on Sunday mornings. And then that may mean the whole family might come on Sunday mornings. So this might fix another issue that we often have, which is students just being there on Wednesday night. 
And so that's that's kind of that disconnected group. You've got a second group, though, for us, Chris. Yeah, you know, I've got three groups here, you know, and they each kind of get a little bit worse, if you will. The the second group I've 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 come up with or, you know, and this is the type of parent reasons why, you know, we have drop off culture is maybe we don't just have disconnected parents. Maybe the parents are just apathetic. In other words, they just don't care. They don't really care about the mission and the vision of the church. They don't really care about um, even being a Christian themselves. You know, right. their, kids, their kids maybe have friends who are going there on a Wednesday night and they care about their kids and they want their kids to have a good time. And this seems like a safe place. So they care about those things. But in terms of spiritual um, growth for their kids or even for themselves, there's just not really much caring going on there. Um, This is just another something for their kids to be involved in. And I mean, hey, it's the church. So maybe maybe good morals can get caught in the process. Um, All of those thoughts, I think, can run through their mind. But this type of parent is just really apathetic to the gospel, to to the church. Apathy is rampant. <laughs> there is, it's just, why should we do this? Why do we care? Why? And so I often wonder why parents are apathetic. I mean, you've given birth to these people. They, uh, you want the best for them, at least in most cases. Uh, but sometimes that just doesn't carry over, um, especially to spiritual things now, this may be the most committed sports parent you will ever run across, uh, but they may be just apathetic about the whole church thing. And yeah. that's how they look at it. Yeah. And I think that's a good distinction. It's like, it's, it's not to say that this, these, this category of parent don't, they don't care about their kids. They do, right. right? They do care about their kids, but their, their care and their concern for the things of the church, for spirit, for the spiritual well-being of their kids. Like that's just absent. Maybe it's, I mean, there, and there's all sorts of reasons for that. Maybe that wasn't uh, something that was very important for them as they were growing up. Maybe, maybe this parent or this person has been hurt by the church before. And, uh, and so that's kind of sent them into a, an apathetic, you know, uh, relationship about the church is like, I don't really care about that. And so, you know, again, I think I don't want to just create a category and say everybody fits into this, but I think we see this, this kind of attitude um, happening again. I want to go back. These are things that I've seen. Um, I don't expect them to be the only things out there, but as far as categories of parents, I've seen, I've seen parents be disconnected, uh, but then I've also seen parents just be really apathetic toward, just all things church related. And that apathy towards church things may indicate something deeper Yep, and they may have experienced a hurt. And sometimes it takes years to get past that hurt. Um, I'm so excited. My wife's sister and her husband are now involved in church again. And they had, I had written off that she ever would be. She said, well, I believe in God, but I don't need the whole church thing. I just, people are there hurting me. And so there, again, there may be underlying issues, but a lot of the same things that we talked about for a disconnected parent can also be applied for uh, solutions for the apathetic parent. Mm -hmm. Um, Just finding somebody who is willing to reach out to them, to love on them, to care about them, you know, and for really for both of these categories, you show those parents that you love their student and they are going to get on board. 
Um, yeah, if you're lifting them up, if you're encouraging those students, if you're showing up at their ball games and yep. concerts and plays and activities, that's going to make a huge difference in how that parent feels about the church because the student ministry is a part of the church, mm-hmm. um, but also about this whole church and Christ thing, you know. And so, just just remember, you're going to have to be intentional in this process. Yeah, that's so good, Dan. You know, you're right. It, it kind of it brings us back to that statement that we've said before, and we've all heard multiple times. He says, people, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And, uh, and how often do we hear, or maybe do we even ourselves say things like, well, you know what, if they don't care about it, then I'm not going to care about it either. Uh, and, and so in other words, apathy tends to breed more apathy <laughs> in other people. Um, and, and so what you just said right there is like when we show genuine care and concern for, for them, for their kids, when it, when we do show up to their ball games and to their events and, and we're, we're cheering them on, you know, parents, I've had parents kind of give me a little, a weird look, like, what are you doing here? Like, they're kind of surprised that I'm there, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I've kind of grown okay with that because it doesn't mean they don't want me there. It just means I think they're thinking about the fact that, you know, is he, you know, is he genuine in this? Is he just, is, I mean, he's here. I mean, he paid his admission to be here, you know, that's kind of thing. I mean, so when people see that you care about the things that they're involved in, they begin to, I think just kind of open themselves up to, you know what, maybe, maybe I should pay attention to, um, to this, this church Christian thing a little bit more. Um, and, and like you said, you know, it, when, when you have these kind of parents, people who are just, um, who are, uh, uncaring toward the gospel and the church, you know, it, it, it raises the the concern for us to say, well, I don't know if this parent is truly a Christian. In fact, you know, they don't seem to care about anything that God cares about. And so that's kind of a, a good indicator that this person probably isn't, uh, isn't saved. So mm-hmm. therefore, um, you know, we, we, we go to that parent uh, physically sometimes like let's, let's schedule a, a lunch. Let's schedule a, a meeting with maybe both of those parents and, and be able to just get to know them, but ultimately it's to be able to share the gospel to evangelize. And, um, and uh, of course uh, constantly pray for those parents, you know, yes. um, let's, yes. and, and let's not just, let's not just say, yeah, pray is okay. That's something that we do. I think we, um, this is a whole nother subject, but we, so often don't believe in the true power of prayer, you know, when we're, when we're talking about these kind of spiritual things. But I mean, really, I have no control over changing apathy, right? I can care. Right. I can do those things. I can go to ball games and all that stuff. And that's, that's cer- certainly appropriate and good, but I can't, I can't affect hearts. And, and truly true apathy is at the heart level. And that's something that I, I and anybody else has to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit to to change. You mentioned three categories. So let's talk about that last one. Yeah, last one, this quick one. This one is just simply the absent parent. So in other words, it's the parent that um, just isn't there. And I think we could probably do like a little subcategory just real quick. So yeah, it's it's the it's this is the the child who maybe is being raised by grandparents. So they don't have parents at all in their home other than just guardians, grandparents. You know, I've, I've, I've had kids in my group, multiple kids in my group who that's the reality for them. They, they, their parents, 
lived off somewhere else and did their own thing. And they didn't, they either had never met their biological parents or they knew them and kind of saw them every now and then, but they weren't in the home. So you got that kind of absent parent. But I think also this can apply to just the parent who, I mean, you, you've gone the next level of apathy. They're just completely uninvolved other than just making sure the kid is getting fed, you know, and, and surviving <laughs> sort of thing. So I think you have different levels there, but, it, but you start, this is certainly an issue and it's, it's a really bad situation if we want to be honest about it. There are a lot of students out there that don't have a mom and dad in the picture. Some may have just a mom or just a dad. Uh, some are are living with grandparents or foster parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a wide range of things, and and so I a, a few years back I started referring to I didn't say parents because I knew that I had some in my group that fit in this category, and I just called them parentals. You know, those are the people that uh, your students are living with, they're working with. And this, again, was kind of one of those drop-off situations. Hmm. She'd get dropped off, um, love on her, care about her in the process, try to invest in her. But I think one of the things that, that we've talked about before is that as we're dealing with these, the drop-off with practically a absent uh, parent, um, whether they are absent or just mentally checked out. You know, how do, how do we deal with that as a church and as a student ministry worker? What should be our responsibility there? If they, if this parent has no interest in church or the gospel in any way, yeah, how should we minister best to that, that student? Yeah. So first I think like to the parent, it's the same as like we just said about the apathetic parent. We, we pray for them. We, we visit with them. We evangelize. We, we show care and concern and, and love toward that person. But before I answer that question fully, I, I think I just want to clarify too, like within the, this conversation of a drop-off culture, like why, why would a single parent who, you know, so therefore there is an absent parent in the home, right? There's mm-hmm. That, that doesn't really make sense, but there's an absent parent in the picture, right? It's no right. not there. Why would that parent drop off their kid to at church? Um, and, you know, I, I've had, I've had, you know, the experience of, you know, some people just want their son to have some kind of male influence. Wow, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so therefore they're dropping them off at, at church because you've got a, you know, a youth pastor who is, you know, um, a dad and a husband and, and they just want a positive role model for their life, you know? And so they're dropping them off there. Um, and they could drop them off a lot of other places, but sometimes it's, it's at the church. And so that, that's, I think why this one makes my list in terms of the drop off culture, Uh, as far as what the church can do. I mean, I think this is where the church gets to be creative and be, um, really intentional in how to fill that gap. Um, there are, uh, in in every church, there's, uh, um, there's multiple generations, hopefully, you know, and uh, and this is where, you know, you can provide an opportunity for certain people in your church to say, hey, you know, I've got a kid right now who who doesn't have a dad in their life. Would would you be willing to, you know, maybe just spend some extra time with this with this uh, this young teenager, you know, take them out to uh, to lunch, invite them over for dinner one night, invite their whole family over, you know, just just love and care for them. I think you can provide those kind of opportunities and. You know, ideally, uh, you've got people within your church who are already recognizing this, maybe, and are just stepping up without you having to say anything. 
and then just kind of fill in that role. I mean, that's what we would ultimately, I think, want. But I think that's one of the ways that a church can help meet uh, the need of a teen who has an absent parent. Well, I think it's it's vital that we realize that, whether it's a one or, one or both of the parents aren't in the picture. Um, but I think it's important for us to always still remember, though, we're not the parent. We are not going to fill that that dad or mom role. We can help and we can be there for them. I like to think of us youth pastors as the crazy uncles in their their families. So, uh, but it's just a way for us to to reach out and to be again be intentional in this process. Mm-hmm. I had a a, young, a a gentleman come to me and say, "I'm really I have a heart for these two guys. Their dad died." Um, And so he is now taking some steps and he's taking them on a couple adventures, you know, doing some different things. He's also stepping into the role. We are going to divide our youth Sunday school class into a guys and a girls class. And he's going to teach the guys class so that have opportunity again to pour into these specifically these two guys. And so, you know, it just this this great need for us to be intentional with any of these categories as we're dealing with this drop-off culture that really is a part of our culture as a whole, um, it affects our, our student ministry because, you know, it's one thing for you to have little Timmy who's in middle school and you know that you can go after church and just step across the way um, to talk to his mom and dad and say, listen, he's being a, a doofus. You need to to talk to him, whereas you have somebody else who's coming into your your group and they're being a doofus, but mom and dad are nowhere around. And so there are logistical things. And then there is this great opportunity to be able just to to communicate with the ones that are there. So we have to be intentional to communicate with the ones that aren't. And so any final words on uh, the drop-off culture, Chris? No, I don't, I don't have anything, man. I think this is a, again, it's a good conversation. It's something to be aware of um, if we're not already. Uh, But I think it's good just for us to think, in ways that we have already of, okay, here's maybe some reasons of why we see it. Um, but let's not just stop with our critique of it. Let's, let's go a step further as, as youth leaders and think about, okay, what are some ways that maybe I'm, I'm actually making a drop-off culture easy, you know? Um, mm. And so in other words, it, it kind of comes back to our leadership and asking the question, you know, how, how can we become a better leader um, to, not just teenagers, but to our families, uh, the families right. that are involved. And so uh, let's let's not just be critical of what is, let's be critical of ourself as well. And all of this in the spirit of, of Lord, I need you. Listener, thank you for joining us today. As we have talked about the drop-off culture, uh, we have a, an event coming up that we love. It's the Student Ministry Workers Retreat. I believe that this will air before that event. It's on September the 16th. You can still get registered. We'd love to see you at Central Baptist College of Conway and for a day of just hearing some great instruction, encouraging one another, connection, all sorts of things like that. If you have questions, just let us know. You can reach us at info at studentministrymatters.com or through most of our social media um, opportunities there. Um, But we want to be concerned about this drop-off culture because it's affecting families. We care about families because family ministry and student ministry are pretty much synonymous. And we, we do all of these things. We keep working hard. We keep loving our students because student ministry 
matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.